Wohos. Welcome back. It's Mom. This is the culmination of our discussion of Slasher Season 4. We discussed the first four episodes on our Season 4, Episode 3. And if you're looking for Dream Home, that is on the first of this two-parter. We're glad you're here. I hope you listen and enjoy. So let's turn to episodes five through eight of season four of Slasher, Flesh and Blood. Tongue twister. So we talked about the first four. You should go back to that (laughs) episode (laughs) where we talk about the first four episodes. But when we last left the Galloway clan, Liv was widely suspected of being the killer. And Brigitte was buried alive and left to sing her creepy lullaby. So we have episode five, Family Ties. Um, this one was written, written by Lucy Page. So Liv returns to the darkened house, and Vincent is just being a creep as usual, and he lets her know that her mom's dead. Um, so they get into a fucking fight, and she goes. She gets really close to breaking um, Vincent's arm, but doesn't. And I just feel like this is just another display of she's the most capable character in this whole entire. Like she just has the best skills out of everybody. Um, and I do. I like that the fighting here is like badass in a way. It's like I'm not saying that I want to see women get punched by men. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like to show an actual physical fight between, like you know a woman and a man, I feel like is not something that you actually see very often. It usually is just a man beating a woman. If you see something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, beating as in like just attacking her, whereas like, you know, she's attacking him and I don't know. I just think it was great. Great sequence. And then Flo calls her a feral little cunt, um, which is just. I amazing. just want to mention that. I think the writing, like the dialogue in this episode yeah. is really good. So I think this might be my favorite episode. Yeah. Honestly. Great. So Lucy Page, good job. Yeah, you killed it. Yeah, and Flo tells her to get out. So Theo and Liv go outside. Flo is still really, you know, understandably ex- um upset because Brigitte stole her son. Theo then discovers Brigitte's body and Rin. Liv runs to her and collapses, crying and screaming as because her head's just sticking up over the sand and she's got these pale eyes and her mouth's open and stuff. And so it's, it's, and she's all sandy. It's just, it's really good. It's like a good wrap up to yesterday or the last episode. Um, meanwhile, Grace is <laughs> crying over Jaden's body in the body room. So O'Keefe comes in and you'll, gives a small eulogy about Jaden to Grace and you know it's it's like a sweet scene. O'Keefe is like the only character that's really not like supremely fucked up. Like they're just kind of like I I mean besides but like they just feel like they got no baggage. Like they're just like, you know, like hey that's so- I'm really sorry. Your son was great. Like they're the only normal person. <laughs> and so then they start cooking together, which is very sweet cuz O'Keefe has no I feel like O'Keefe's character is actually pretty good because I feel like the way that they're presented is just of someone that it's like, because it is what they are is they are just kind of like, 
cared for mm-hmm. by flow, but they're just kind of never given the opportunity to learn any like skills, you know, so they also just don't feel confident with anything, which I just thought was an interesting uh, detail. So then we get a little flashback. Flo is working in her studio and she accidentally cuts herself. Grace comes in to, to see if she can help. And Flo says that Grace just can't understand great art because um, she was a nurse and is just generally a dick to her as she is to everyone. And so there, Theo and Liv are in the body room, um, the room where they keep all the bodies. And Liv is like, I need to get off this fucking island, which, yeah. And she's, she, I mean, she's kind of like, I, I, my mom just got murdered. Like, you know, I kind of like, I don't give a shit about this. Um, and she says, Theo should come with her. And they almost kiss, which again, disgusting because they now know that they are <laughs> like <laughs> related. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, uh, great. <laughs> so they eat a, a pretty gloomy breakfast and the bell clangs. So the next competition is going to be a paintball gunfight. Except instead of paintballs, they're loaded with rubber bullets, which hurt a lot. Paintballs already hurt a lot. Rubber bullets are like next level. Like they, they're inhumane, honestly. Um, and the winner will stay in uh, – or the top two winners will stay in the bunker. So Liv assembles her gun. Nobody's allowed to wear any protective gear because Spencer obviously doesn't believe in protective equipment. Scars would tell us where we went wrong. That's a great line. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a great no, it, line. No, no, it is a great <laughs> line. It's just the idea, though, of like yeah. if you like, it just is kind of like, of course, like, <laughs> of course, they can't wear protective gear. Well, and the way that they all say it too is just kind of, oh like, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, this like psychotic thing. So yeah, O'Keefe doesn't know what's going on, and so, but, but also kind of like wants to get in on it and flows so, like just hide. You know, just hide and I'm going to take care of it all. So, you know, flow, and it really is something that flow is doing. It's like, whereas Grace was trying to teach O'Keefe things, yeah. flow says, just, just stay. And I just think that's such a real thing that some parents do to their kids. That's something luckily I never had experience with, but I feel like there are parents who are just like, you can't, you can't do that. So don't even try. And it's like, what a horrible thing to do to your kid. And, but then, uh, and, and Theo makes the comment, they aren't a family. We're a conglomerate of fucked up people with a logo for a last name. So Pretty good. good. <laughs> and true. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get another flashback. Flo's work is rejected by a museum pretty epically. And the museum owner just reads her for felt. Like he's just like, he, he, tells it like it is he's like you're a rich bitch who thinks who wants to pretend she has talent but you don't because you have nothing to draw off of um show me something with actual earnestness like something you know because this is nothing um and it feels pretty great because fuck flow so everybody's against live because they're kind of all on team fuck live which is like like i know everybody's suspicious of each other but it's just like in this it's like why would it be Liv? Why would she kill her mom? Like, yeah, so it makes I, no I sense. Know. But I also understand that they kind of see her as like an interloper. And so Afra gets hit in the knee with a rubber bullet. Flo can't work the gun because of her missing finger. Liv takes out Vincent and says, my mom should have fucking drowned you. I mean, she thinks that he killed her. So, yeah. I mean, if you thought that somebody killed your mom, you'd probably say the same thing. 
Grace actually gets Liv out and Grace kind of feels like she's a little bit a part of the team. And she's like, we did it, guys. We did it. And then Flo shoots her in the eyeball. It's I love this scene because, number one, I was like, yeah, Flo doesn't work with anybody like, you know, and Grace is a fool for thinking Mm -hmm. that she's on any side. And it just happens so suddenly. It like I was not seeing it coming. And it is just also brutal, you know? Like, she's just screaming. Um, So, yeah, she says an eye for a finger. A motherfucking eye for a finger. So then Flo just grabs O'Keefe and they both go to the bunker. Meanwhile, back at the home, everybody's getting patched up. Christy is kind of just like the de facto nurse now. And she's like, I think Grace is going to lose that eye. Grace also needs pain meds because eye. And so everybody's going to go to the bunker and try to get some supplies. So then we get to see Flo's, where she's taken her pain. Um, It's this, like, (sighs) she brings Theo in there. And I mean, like, this is just like a critique, I just, a little one I have is like, the, the, like, I don't think it's wrong to show Flo being cruel to Theo, but it's like the way that she's cruel to him is so on another level. That's like, how is he not broken off contact with her before this? You know, because she basically like shows him like Theo. It was like it was like his his own testimony about like what what had happened, and then like a thing filling up with blood with like the clothes of like Vincent and stuff, and it's just so fucked up. And then and then I think she uses his reaction to that also <laughs> in the art. Um, and she's just so self-centered. Um, Spencer comes on the TV in the bunker and says that whoever runs the business will have to be ruthless to the core. Only one of them can win. So then we see a gas starts to enter from the vents, but there's only one O2 mask. And so then we get another flashback where even though Theo was like, you cannot, you know, post this, this or like submit this. This is really personal to me. She does. And we see in the show, she begins kind of doing it like they like flow will start, then O'Keefe will take the oxygen and then flow took it back. But then there just gets to be a point where O'Keefe asks for it back and she just doesn't give it back. And we just see O'Keefe slowly just like suffocate and like all this like spittle and stuff come out of their mouth and like, and die while flow just sits there with O'Keefe in her arms. And it is so like, it's tragic because I really enjoy O'Keefe as a character, but such a great scene. And I think seeing the way you've summarized it too just hits home all the themes for this like episode of seeing like, yeah, this woman doesn't give a shit about her children. Like she doesn't give a shit about anybody but herself. And I think that's great storytelling. Like, and it's like you can see Flo doing this. I just feel like you couldn't it's just it, yeah, it makes so much sense. And and when it when it ends. Everyone is understandably so upset. There was a comment that she made earlier that she was glad it was O'Keefe because she wouldn't have she wouldn't like to have to choose between her sons. And <laughs> but also, I mean, I guess you know we're supposed to think that any normal mother, you know, would sacrifice yeah. herself, and she sure doesn't. Yeah. So so it is like a tough situation, but I just do love the way that it is because everybody's just like, 
O'Keefe is the only one who's like not a fucking psycho and you're the most psycho bitch and yeah. you killed them. Like, and so everybody's upset and everybody's just kind of like shocked. Flo just keeps saying, well, I would have died. <laughs> and Theo <laughs> drags her over to her art piece and ties her um, up. And even though there is a killer on the loose, um, he's like, well, because at that point they also think maybe she could be the killer. So he says, well, you know, if you're up the next morning, then we know that you're the killer. And then if you died, then the right person will have died. And oh. it's just, and then they just leave her. Um, it's But like, yeah, this is my favorite episode, I think. I just think this is the most cohesive one. And it just is so like, I mean- you're supposed to enjoy that this is happening to Flo. And like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not a goner yet because no. in episode six, which is called FaceTime, um, it's written by Ian Carpenter. And uh, pretty much everyone's okay with Flo being in her little stockade. But Afra sneaks out and starts to torment Flo and she eventually cuts off a little bit of Flo's tongue and eats it. <laughs> oh my god, she's so Afra is just on one. Well, okay, they had said earlier on that she has pika, but I think they just said that so she could just eat a bunch of weird shit, you know, throughout the course of the show. Because <laughs> that also does not make you a cannibal. No, just, no, no, no. Yeah, no. It's like you would eat like dirt, <laughs> not a tongue. <laughs> So, in, I mean, I have things to say about this character, but... Afra, Yeah. I'm interested to hear them. I don't... I mean, I can say them right now. I mean, this is this is Afra's basically, her episode. And I... It is it's a... It's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. Okay, I mean, there are... Um, historically, they ha there have been orphanages in like Slavic countries and you know, the kids aren't picked up and they're not cared for. And some of them, because they don't get a chance to attach properly have emotional problems later in life. And I think that's what they're trying to signal to us by having her um, be from Slovenia, wherever she's from. And, but why I don't, I don't, why, why do that? And it's, I feel like it's also kind of unfortunate. I feel like there's just a lot of unfortunate, like, depictions of, like, especially kids who are adopted. Uh, it's tied to this idea, oh, adopted. And it should be more just tied to, like, childhood neglect and abuse, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, also, I feel like them just making her vaguely like russian and stuff just it made me think of the movie the orphan immediately yeah i um, think that's what they're quoting yeah. and I, I but you know she can't do the accent and no. so it's incredibly distracting and then also she acts like she's four, five years old sometimes and and the way that they've dressed her i will i don't want to like skip too far ahead but like it's like, I know that there's technically nothing illegal about dressing up like an adult woman and like, you know, clothing that looks younger, but it is disturbing to see somebody who is presented to us as somebody younger get so brutally murdered and also be very sexualized the way that she mm -hmm. like was and the way she was talking where it's like, but she's still wearing, cause like she's wearing this like 
overall dress with a sweater and she's got her hair and like twin pigtails and like it's not even a sexualized version she just looks like a young child you know and it's just like this is very uncomfortable yeah i mean i i know there are you know seems like there are reasons for her to be written the way she is especially as they reflect on christy who is either blind or has absolutely no agency in her own marriage. Um, and that's fine. I mean, this, this family's fucked up six ways to Sunday. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. But I just feel like a different choice could have been made. L- different choices yeah. could have been made. <laughs> yeah. Christy is worried about Afra, but nobody else wants to go outside to look for her. And then Liv and Vincent get into a fight and Grace tells them to settle down. And she tells Christy that nobody's going anywhere. And they have to stay together or they'll probably get murdered. Fair. So flashback, I don't know the character's name, but the actor's name is Joe Vanicola, who has been this in like every everyone. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she uh, has a just a little tiny part in this flashback where she introduces Afra to Seamus and Christy. And she mentions that she, you know, was a little nervous to meet her adopted children, Jen and Connor. So it's the same universe? Yeah. So I didn't I didn't pick up on this, but Anthony Longo at Horrible, his channel pointed that out, and I thought that was pretty great. That's really funny because the woman who plays her partner, I believe, is the woman who plays Brigitte. So I guess mm. Brigitte has an identical twin sister who also set herself on fire. Um, very interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> Christy sees the gentleman in the distance and Christy and Afra run away. And the gentleman actually sets Flo free, but then like drives her into her own artwork so that there are these like kind of conical Mm-hmm. <laughs> protuberances coming out and they stab her and they come right through her breasts. But she kind of, she kind of set up the imagery herself when she got, when she cracked those two legs over her ovaries. So, <laughs> so Afra says that Flo killed daddy, but Christy is like, no dummy. The gentleman did. And then Africa you know, freaks out. She has a meltdown. And Christy gives her a sedative and Afra passes out. So then Christy uses Afra's finger to unlock her phone. And first she sees these. Now that this doesn't make sense either because of the way that pictures are stored in a phone. But anyway, first we get these innocent pictures of, you know, her with Seamus and, you know, they're very sweet and everything. And then there's this weird flashback. (laughs) To when she boiled her pet squirrel? What? I guess that's just a thing. Apparently. Stuff like that where it's like, I don't know, if you want to make the clear tie to like the idea of like, you know, people killing animals before they kill people, just show her killing an animal in the backyard. Doesn't that make so much more sense of a scene than her boiling a squirrel? Yeah. And then- How do they not notice? I mean, it's got to be so, smells so disgusting Um, because it was buried in the ground and whatever. But she said she wanted to, 
um, like boil it down so then she could paint the bones gold. So then Seamus is like, oh, okay. So it's like an art project. And Christy is like, (laughs) what? What? Also, there's a flashback to when to when Afro wanted to sleep in the bed with Christy and Seamus. And, and it's another unfortunate yeah. thing displaying their difference in parenting that they apparently did not talk about before they adopted this kid. So that's their problem. So then there's just like picture after picture after picture of Afra with the dead bodies. This is so funny to me. It is really funny. It's like selfies. She's like, like with Cronenberg, she's like sticking out her tongue like, ah. They're really good. <laughs> um, and then there's this video where she is talking in a diff- very different voice, and it's clear that she's much older than she's pretending to be. And she has a boyfriend, and she's saying that you know she's fooled this family, and when he comes, they're gonna fuck on a bed of money. Money. How convenient. Mm, I know. So great that you took a video explaining exactly what your plan was. <laughs> so Christy, of course, is like freaking the fuck out. And then Afra has woken up um, and basically Afra attacks her. And then when we see Christy again, her face is all fucked up because Afra has eaten her face off. It's like the makeup is so and like the mm-hmm. way that the actress it like this is one of the like most brutal like affecting de- like this this se- this season is full of deaths that just like punch you in the gut and this is one of them because she just is like so pitiful like Christy afterwards when she gets away and the makeup is so brutal like I mean there's just chunks of her face missing and it's just like how can they make this better. Yeah, if you haven't seen the show um, and you're not planning to watch the show, you might just want to look up the still the of her because it, it is really, really good. And I was thinking about that, too, because your big beef with the flashbacks and like the only way we can tell is like the dark hair on Cronenberg. It's like they have such great makeup artists. Like, couldn't yeah. they have done something, you know, to make the flashbacks? wig more believable put them in a different outfit like they didn't do anything which is that's what bothered me maybe they were just trying to say that they've always been like this but they haven't always looked like that's true people in their 40s that's true 25 years ago (laughs) so Liv and theo discover flow and theo is very upset because basically I mean, it is he, he caused her death, yeah. So, um, but he kind of laughs in the middle of his crying, and he says, "And he says she was killed by her own art." Uh, the other crew realize that Spencer's body is missing, and Liv is like, she wants to make a signal fire, and they want to. I think they want to burn down the the little house out back. I thought they wanted to burn the whole thing down. Oh, maybe they're gonna yeah, maybe they want to burn the whole mansion down just to get, you know, the attention of of a of an aircraft so they can be rescued. Christy is suffering. Part of, you know, some of the 
nerves in her face have been damaged and she's she's she just keeps going kill me please kill me and grace does it now this is again completely unexplained but i love it because (laughs) afra is just wandering through the woods and she picks up a mushroom and it's a magic mushroom. And I like the effect because everything <laughs> yeah. turns pink and it's very trippy and she's tripping out and she does do a good job. I think the actress of just like, mm-hmm. you know, being in this kind of trippy state and the gentleman comes and he walks toward her and Afra takes his hand and they go off. Now I have to tell you the first time I watched the show when it came out, I stopped watching at this point because I thought the series was over. <laughs> Or I got distracted or something, but I was like, oh my God, there are two more episodes. <laughs> That's really funny. Anyway. Well, episode seven, Goldfinger, great mm-hmm. name for that, written by Sabrina Sheriff. Or Sh- Sheriff. So, uh, well, we begin the seventh episode and the gentleman ties up a very helpful and pliant Afra between two trees and uh, takes a saw and saws her in half right through her with her guts going everywhere. And she kind of realizes at one point and is like, uh, stop, but it's too late. She's getting mm-hmm. sawed in half. It's just, I guess this is what I meant by like, we've just seen her now be like in this very childlike like sequence and in very childlike outfit. And it's just very weird to see that kind of kid get (laughs) sawed in half you just don't see that very often so theo and Liv discuss more who could be the killer and then they have more um incestuous kissing so grace is just like fuck my life she she takes she she has herself a cigarette and she's like it's gotta be vincent right vincent then doesn't help himself by finding afra's body and he finds merle's ring and puts it on. So she must have eaten mm-hmm. it or part of him, his finger. I don't. And also, but wait, a, Vincent- but wait a second. But wait a second. How did that happen? Did she somehow slink away to that little? She did take a selfie, I think, with his body too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, but it is still a good question. But also, Vincent, why take the ring? <laughs> I know. And it's like all bloody and gory and he just like puts it on his own finger. And it's stomach. Like <clears throat> yeah, it's just disgusting. Um so I mean that made me I didn't think he was the kid, but I was like, there you are s- fucked up. So yeah, Grace notices the ring and she's like and they're like, How do you know what his rings look like? And she's like, All right, well, you know, we had sex. And but then she's like, But guess what? Spencer encouraged it and he watched. Um, and so everybody's just like what? reeling from that mental image and also like <laughs> just like okay um and so she said that their their you know relationship was more of an arrangement so let me get into flashback to annette who we actually saw in the first episode when spencer died he thinks he sees her like you know reaching out to him and so we see the story of um how grace became spencer's new wife grace was actually a home nurse to annette who was getting treatment for cancer which is very drama (laughs) so the last challenge is going to be a bunch of puzzles this is just um something that's written on a box like oh okay little poem 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Last challenge is puzzles. Nine ungrateful family members came out to play. Unaware a killer is going to make them pay. One will win. Eight will lose. Who's the killer? You must choose. And they all have to go into the basement and get into separate rooms and fill out these puzzles. And everybody's like, no. And Grace is like, well, fine, fuckers. I'll go. Um, so she goes in. She's the only one who gets – oh, they, they try to lock her. Mm-hmm. They lock her in like a room, but she figures out like a tunnel down there. And also at one point when she's breaking off like a grate to get into this tunnel, she just loses a finger. Now we got to have that in there. So, you know, she's doing this, it's like kind of like an escape room kind of thing. And it's cool because like once time's running out, the the walls start to close in on her, but she does, she does figure it out. She, she realizes that the killer's not a Galloway. So she's feeling pretty good about herself and she gets out and she's like, I won bitches. Um, <laughs> and Everybody else is like, oh, man, should we play? And Vincent says, well, if only one person's win, if only one person wins, then that means they also lose. Okay, so Grace gets like a key. And so she finds a, uh, a room, opens the door, and there's all these gold bars stacked in it, which is also harkens back to the flashback of mm-hmm. the gold bar that burned her hand. Um, so I guess she didn't learn her lesson because she, she like doesn't really suspect anything. The gentleman is behind her and attacks her and gets this molten gold and pours it in her mouth and it just melts down her face and just, ugh. And um, also, like, burns her, you know. I mean, and this is pretty creative, though, pretty is great. the death for Grace, though. So then, Liv and Theo, because then mm-hmm. Vincent leaves the bunker, I think, or something, but they go to the bunker and they see the surveil- their surveillance cameras and systems, and they see that the gentleman's behind Vincent. They all go outside, subdue the gentleman, and unmask him, and it is Trin. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> okay, episode eight, final episode. It's called Kindred, and this is written by Ian Carpenter. So, we get Trin's episode. So, Trin was visiting an artist who liked to kill his subjects for his work. And Trin watches him put a human head in a vice and squish it. And then she plays with its brains. So she explains that Vincent hired her and designed all the games, but let Trin come up with the punishments. And Liv just can't take it. And she just pops her in her face. (laughs) She's been tied up. Trin's been tied up. She gets free momentarily, but they all tie her up again. There's just bits from Trin's past. She's, she is an end-of-life specialist, and she was hired to kill that wackadoo artist who was O'Keefe's dad. What? what? What the fuck, Spencer? I don't know. But it's explained how she escaped the wood chipper death, which I still don't get, but okay, that she was just hovering above the blades. And But what was all the stuff that came out? I guess it was Merle? Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. But but it's still like I don't know how she could have avoided. Th- I like I'll just I'll just accept that that happened, but I don't think it's very well <laughs> yeah, explained. Yeah, it's not real good. But everyone's trying to figure out what to do with Trin, but she says that she has secrets on all of them. And Vincent was involved in a murder during a riot. Liv was involved in a quote cover-up in Iraq. Theo was involved in something, something shady, but that isn't revealed yet because we got to wait till the final moments of the show. And, it, and she also is like, if you kill me, like, 
they're they're in some kind of sealed thing everyone will know. It's I mean kind of like her she doesn't really have any proof of this, but she gives the threat that it's like, well, if you kill me, all your secrets will get out. But Vincent freaks out and stabs her to death. <laughs> and everybody's and Theo's just like, you stupid idiot. Why did you do that? I'm a lawyer. <laughs> so there's one more challenge. So they find the instructions on Spencer's body, which is in a freezer. And the challenge is something about guts because he doesn't have a heart. So it can't be about, you know, using your heart. It has to be about using your guts. So they take Spencer's body out because they figure the clue has got to be inside his body somewhere. And they keep pressing Theo to reveal his secret, but he keeps deferring. Liv is fine with the dissection. This scene is like next level. (laughs) Like. It's so Theo can't even be in there. There's there's one part where she's just squeezing the colon, and yes. that part was like I actually had the thought like, okay, now that that's that's too much. <laughs> like you've you've gone too far, slasher. Vincent goes to puke, and then he gets into a fight with Theo, and they wind up in the secret passageway. And there's a flashback to Spencer hitting Vincent. When Theo told him that Vincent was strangling him, mm-hmm. Vincent blames Theo for having him sent away. Because he's like, he, you're the reason why he didn't want to pay for me to come back. And it's like, mm. I mean, like, also at the same time, if like your grandpa, if, if you not coming back was even an option, your grandpa entertained, you're fucked. Like, like Theo had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so... Theo gets a garrote around Vincent's head and pulls it and keeps pulling from, it from his like from, open mouth. Yeah. So it's like his head, it's like the top of his head, like teeth up, I think. Ooh! And Liv walks in on that. So Theo, and there's a great scene where like the the top of Theo's or Vincent's head is just like on the ground, just kind of like looking up at Liv. <laughs> So Theo's all traumatized and Liv helps him shower and they have sex. And she says, well, we still need to find out what's hidden in Spencer's body. I don't, I know he does this, but I don't remember how, but he, in, he kind of insults her connection to the family. I think what it is, is that he immediately is like, okay, well I'll get it. And like, we'll split it. And she's like, well, like, why does that have to be you? And he's like, well, you know, you, it should be a Galloway that does it. And she's kind of, he says something like that, you know, and she's like, okay, like literally, like I have just as much right to it as you do. And he's like, well, like you don't though, you know? And, but I mean, the fact still stands. She's a grandchild of Spencer Galloway, but. But, but I mean, it's flesh and blood, right? So she's not like a full blooded Galloway, you know? Yeah. So she's a mud blood or something. (laughs) But anyway, but he's like, but it's fine because why don't we get married and then, you know, it'll be all good. And Liv is like, nah. (laughs) And um, for some reason. Which I love. Yeah. I mean, I I love that she's like, well, I don't want to be married. So there you go, you know? And she's like, I. You know, it's not even that she's saying like, oh, I don't want to like be with you, which I mean, okay, but like she, but I mean, she's like, but what you're proposing is like, 
you win, even though I did all the hard work <laughs> and um, you are still the kind of the one in power, you know, like, yeah. That's not right. Yeah. Yeah. So Theo reveals his secret and it is that he crashed into a daycare <laughs> in the poor part of town and Spencer paid, uh, paid it all off to keep the Galloway name clean. And, and he's like, and, and I actually think, you know, he made me feel a lot better about it because <laughs> the families were all really happy with the, you know, the money that we gave them. And, you know, I was supposed to go on and do, you know, I'm supposed to go on and do like really great things, you know? Um, and it's just like, and, and this is just kind of a little bit of what I don't like is like, I mean, I think Theo's character in general has just been kind of weird. Like, and I also think that the actor is like not amazing. It's like, but this is such like a, it does feel a little bit like how live, how have you not seen that he's been like this the, the entire time? You know, like you grew up with him. He was part of the people who tried to, he was part of the, the, the brother team of trying to burn you alive. Like, I just don't see what she sees in him at all. I see what he sees in her. She's amazing. She's like the most incredible character, but I've just like, I just, up until this point, I don't know what she could have seen in him. Did you know that they're married? That's crazy. Um, that's what Longo said. So I don't, I didn't look it up myself, but there was a picture that he showed of them like at their wedding. So, wow. Anyway, so, but Liv is like not having it and <laughs> she snaps his neck she disposes of Theo's body and then she's like, oh, I got to figure out what's in Spencer's body. So she finds a vial in Spencer's body with the deed to all the properties <laughs> written on this teeny tiny piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes out to the dock to await the boat and she collapses. But then we get a little epilogue. We see her pregnant and she's redecorating the mansion and then at the very end, she sits down at the head of the table. And at the other end of the table, there are there's a shot of all the eight victims. And that's the end of season Great. four. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, do we want to rate these four episodes? Sure. Um, well, I guess like this season in general. Yeah. I feel like it... All the seasons are so different, which I like. That's why I love anthologies. So it's like, I don't necessarily want to like, or don't think I even could rank them. But I do think that this one just did a really great job of like a lot of interpersonal things. And I think they did, they they pulled off the family, the fucked upness of a family like this and like having kills be a part of that. And that was really good. It's tough. I don't know. Maybe like three and a half again because oh, it's wow. like it's not an amazing like what i mean by like it's very good and i it's very enjoyable <laughs> i enjoy it but for what is it, it is. well written yeah. yeah for what it is it's not well written and there's things that are stupid and there's things that make me uncomfortable and there's places where they miss but i still think it's a it's a that's also kind of what i like about it like I like seeing the flaws in something because it looks real. It looks like somebody tried something, you know. Well, and by this point, you know what you're getting from slasher, and you know well, this the, is what I wanted. The writing isn't great. The acting isn't great. 
the kills are usually pretty good have to say that um and yeah this is like succession on steroids like it's like the most fucked up family and david cronenberg's character is like the most fucked up like patriarch and it was just so great was, to see him. It was. He did a great job. Yeah, he was good. And he was right. Liv did ruin them all. <laughs> well, it wasn't her, but it was, she did succeed in the end. Yeah. You know? Well, what have we learned from Slasher? <laughs> don't go to, listen, if you're yeah. like, I don't want to be around my family, don't. Yeah. Like so many of them were like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have come. Yeah, you shouldn't have. Now you're dead. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it really teaches us anything because basically it's saying everybody's bad. I mean, O'Keefe isn't bad. It's like everybody's bad and they're going to die. And then the good people also die. So it's like, that's what you want out of a slash. I know, but it's like the morality is weird. It's just like. And Liv isn't a great person. If she did some Abu Ghraib stuff, like, what the fuck? Like, she shouldn't get all this money and all this stuff. But anyway, would we watch it again? Well, yes. yes. Yeah. Well, I have. (laughs) And is there anybody you want to say who wins the You Fool Award? Christy. Oh, yeah. We said her last time, too. (laughs) I mean, it's like, girl, like... (laughs) You should have broken up with Seamus. Yeah, like, like the uh, yeah. To me, I was like, "What's wrong with you?" Um, And who's on the writing staff that just has to, you know, bring this like storyline up over and over again? How many times has (laughs) this is now the second season in a row that this woman has played a woman married to a gay man? Well, yeah, but there was some. Okay, no, in Solstice, there's an arrangement. Right, there's a lesbian woman and a gay man who are no, married. but Christy is with the guy who cheats on her with the gay guy in the building. Oh God, no, no, not that, that one. The one at the camp. Oh, that's season two. Yeah, that's guilty party. Sorry. Yeah. So, and it's Joanne Vanicola, who's yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, but they bring up they bring up beards a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I would like to, you know, get in a room with these writers and see what's Me going too. on. You I, know? Well, because I do like that dynamic that they had in this. Like, I understood what they meant in the second season because I feel that way about some of my friends where it's like, I think I could have this friend as like a life partner, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, that doesn't mean it's sexual. No, you know? no. Yeah. I think that there's companionship, obviously, that goes beyond and that that can include two people who didn't who aren't related by blood. Um, and don't even see each other in a familial way, but are just like, you're my person. Yeah. Did you have a favorite kill out of these last five episodes? Four episodes, sorry. Um, I I don't know. It's it's hard to pick a favorite. I guess I I like the creativity of Grace's with the with the liquid gold. Like <laughs> that's pretty crazy. And Christie's. I mean, I know Christie's was, but I mean, like, begging to be murdered because you're in so much pain. That's pretty brutal. So, yeah, I guess Christie, Christie, number one for me, actually. I really like Vincent's death. Yeah, the the saw. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. Really bad. I mean, it was really gross. And um, 
and I don't even think it's possible. But I no. mean, it's that it was cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so this is based on. Okay, so the original work I can't say it because it's the ten little N words, um, which was changed to ten little Indians, and then it was changed to and then there were none by Agatha Christie. Uh, in 1939, and this is the world's best-selling mystery. They really, she really called this book was really released as Ten Little N Words. Yes, it's based on a uh, like a rhyme that was from like the 1860s, I think 1868, and that was the rhyme. Oh my god! It's like this is this is why. No one can say that anything was that long ago, okay? Yeah. Because if a book could be released and the whole book is not a racist diatribe and the title is 10 Little N-Words, like, <laughs> and that's just the best-selling mystery novel. <laughs> you can't tell me Our that country. any of this was very long ago. So fucked up. 1940? Like... <laughs> So eight people, um, they're all strangers to each other, and they're all invited to a small isolated island off the coast of Devon, England, by a Mr. and Mrs. Owen. And the Mr. is N. Owen. So they realize it's unknown. Um, (laughs) Anyway, they sit down to dinner, and they see the centerpiece with the eight little Indians. And, or ten, sorry, ten, whatever. And then we hear the song. It comes through this like gramophone. Um, that's when I turned it off. So <laughs> I wasn't interested anymore. <laughs> but anyway, but I did think that they did, they did model this after the story. The, there was a, everybody's guilty, you know, at the mm-hmm. dinner party also in the, in the original. And there's a character named Prince Nikita Starloff. And he was guilty of killing two children. So. That's obviously Theo. And then um, Judge Francis J. Quinn Cannon is uh, really Spencer is modeled after him. And Mm -hmm. Liv is modeled after this character, Philip Lombard, who killed 21 South African tribesmen. Oh, gosh. And um, finally, Grace is based on Thomas and Ethel Rogers, who killed an invalid Mm. who was their former employer. Anyway, so I, I, that's the only trivia I had aside from those two actors being married to each other. But. I think that's interesting. I always love hearing like how people, if, if stories were based off of anything. Mm-hmm. So we did it. We did it. Thank you for joining us for this episode and for all your support. It means the world of horror to us truly. Next time, it's Mac's pick of genre, and Mac has chosen zombies. We will look at (laughs) One Cut of the Dead from Japan and Shaun of the Dead from the UK. We also want to let you know to look out for some minis that I'm going to be dropping into your feed. These will be 15 to 30 minute eps on classic and just I'm just arbitrarily choosing before the year 2000 international horror movies. And I'm going to look at classic jolly like inferno the evil eye and all the colors of the dark as well as the original nosferatu and some classics from yugoslavia japan australia maybe even canada
So stay tuned and remember, we love you and don't go into the basement. Yay! <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 